Built to last. Built to last. I was amazed at the, the response that I got last week. Um, obviously, many of you weren't here uh, last week. Um, and it's amazing because this, all the services are always full, but some of you are never here. And I don't know if you like email each other and go, I'm not going to be there. You can have my seat. I'm not sure how that works. But if you get a chance, listen to last week's message. It was out of the book of Jude. And um, talking about uh, the end times and how we deal with doubt and how we deal with mercy. And I got such an amazing response from that that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to park there. I'm going to park there for a bit. And, and built to last in reference to how we navigate the end times. How we navigate living in the last days. And how, how important it is for us as men and women of God to understand what the Bible says is going to go on. And how we navigate those, those times so that the people that we interact with on a daily basis would look at us and go, hey, there's something to your faith. Uh, you're living in the same crazy world that I'm living in, yet you seem to have a peace about you. And so we, we talked about Matthew, and I gave some of you a challenge last week. I, I, I challenge you to read Matthew 23, 24, 25, 26 right in there, and then watch the news. And some of you are interactive churchgoers because a lot of you did it. And you, you responded back to me and goes, I can't believe I read Matthew 24. Then I turned the news on and they were like quoting Matthew 24. So I thought, you know what, let's go back there. Let's look for a moment of how important it is, if we're going to navigate living in the last days, how important it is to be people of the Spirit. To be people of God's Spirit led, guided, and directed by God's Spirit so that we can be a strong tower for maybe the, the world around us as we, as we navigate following the Lord. So Matthew 24, 3 through 13, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So these are the disciples, right? They're trying to get a little inside info, right? A little inside trading here. Like, like God, would Jesus, tell us. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. My daughter is pregnant, and she's going to have a baby. I'm going to be a granddad in January, which is still blowing my mind. <laughs> but it is what it is. The, baby, the baby's coming. And, and when, I look, when I look at my daughter, I hate, I hate the fact that she's going to have to go through birth pains. But what comes after that is going to be joyous. It's a boy. I've already I've bought guns and four-wheelers and... <laughs> <laughs> Randy's like, Jason, you know he can't ride that for like years, right? That's, yes, he can. <laughs> Birth pains. <clears throat> Jesus is telling his disciples, look, all these things are going to happen, but you don't have to be alarmed as they are already happening. Verse 9, then you will be handed over to per be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from their faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most, uh, that's so hard to read, the love of most will grow cold. Would you say we live in a cold world? Yes. Like, it, you have to really look 
to find people who genuinely love other people. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved, built to last. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for your word. God, I ask that you would help us in this moment uh, in time to, to be better Christians and to follow your word more aptly in the reference to the, the, the life that you've given us in the days that we live. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's so important, the spirit of truth. John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So that's where we're going to land today. We are going to land on the only way that I'm going to purposefully be able to navigate the end times and navigate this crazy world that I live in is by heeding the voice of the Spirit in my life. So (coughs) I'm going to cough a lot. I told the first service they could cough with me, but none of them covered their mouth. So I'm not going to give you the same right. Do not cough with me. Got a little something going on down in my throat. So anyway, so the spirit of truth, God's spirit in us, when we confess Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, then the Bible says the spirit of God indwells us. How important is it to live our life on a daily basis listening to the voice of the spirit in our life? You think about it this way. In the Old Testament, God was the premier character. In the New Testament, the first part was Jesus. And Jesus said, I must go away so another can come. And that's going to be the counselor. That's going to be the Holy Spirit. And so we have this GPS, if you will, God positioning system. Francis Chan wrote a book called The Forgotten God. And it was about the Holy Spirit. And what an amazing book it was. And how, how many days of our life do we live without heeding the voice of the Spirit in our life. We're smart, we're important, we're intelligent, so we don't really need that voice in our life. Yeah, you do, because you're not near as smart as you think you are. And some of you have been educated beyond your intelligence. It's a scary place. The Spirit of Truth. So the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, guiding us, leading us, and directing us. So number one, the Holy Spirit will always testify of Jesus. Remember, I hope you're taking notes today. If you're not, if you can't, you can get online. These notes will be on there. The message will be online tomorrow around noon. The Holy Spirit will always testify of Jesus. John 15, 26, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So Jesus is telling, in John right there, he's saying, listen, you have to understand the, the Spirit of God will always testify about Jesus. The Holy Spirit always looks to lift up Jesus. Jesus, if you read about Jesus, always look to lift up God. Not my will, but your will be done. Come on, learn something today. So the Holy Spirit, so, so I know that in, in my own life and in the, the realm of Christianity, I have to be very careful about Jesus is the answer. You get that? So, so our whole faith, evolves around what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Are, are, are you, okay, all right. Just, just, just checking. And the Holy Spirit will always testify of Jesus. And so it's all about what Jesus did for us. God, no one comes to the Father except through the Son. So Christianity 101, faith My faith is put in Jesus as the Messiah. And through that, I have peace with God. And I've been justified in his sight so that I'll spend eternity with him in heaven. And the Holy Spirit will always lead me to a place of belief in Jesus. 
So, so you know, you read in Matthew, there'll be false Christ. There'll be people who are telling all, all kinds of crazy stuff. Listen, if it's not about what Jesus did for us on the cross, leave. Get out. Run. Go away. Get, like, that's dangerous territory. And we're going to talk about some of that dangerous territory today. But the Holy Spirit will always testify of Jesus. Number two, the Holy Spirit convicts us. John 16, 8, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, we've talked about this many times, and we will talk about it many more times. Conviction and condemnation are two different things. And the church has done a really poor job of of separating the two. Condemnation is of the enemy. It's where you make a mistake, and the enemy comes in like a flood and just beats you up for it. Conviction is the sweet spirit of God saying, you know you shouldn't have done that. You did it anyway. Let's take steps to not do that again. And by the way, Jason, that was wrong. That's bad behavior. That's conviction. <clears throat> so, so the Holy Spirit convicts us. I'll, I'll make this statement. If you ever are involved in any kind of teaching uh, over a long period of time and are a church and you never get convicted, there's something wrong. L- look at 2 Timothy, I believe it is, 4, 3, and 4. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Itching ears. One, one version says tickling ears. Man, I really didn't like church today because the pastor preached out of the Bible and made me feel really convicted. <laughs> Hello? Like, like we, we, we can't ever get so comfortable that church is just always a feel-good thing. Should we be encouraged? Yes. But should we be provoked? Yes. Should we be led to do, do greater things for God and to shore up some areas of our life that we know aren't in reference to God's Word? They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. In other words, and, and I, I can see this happening so much in the Christian world today. There, there are people who are getting very rich telling people what they want to hear. Can I say that? Okay, all right, good. Yeah, and, and it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. It's always all good. It's always all good. It's always, and, and, and the world is looking at people like that going, okay, so evidently you don't have bills. And evidently you don't have kids who are acting like aliens. And evidently you don't have a boss. And evidently, and it's like they, the world can't relate to this perfect place of having enough faith where your whole life is perfect. And the reason the world can't relate to that is because the world wasn't created to relate to that because it's not in the Bible. Jesus just got through telling the disciples, you're going to be persecuted and you're going to be handed over for death. That's going to sell a lot of books. <laughs> think, think about that one, Eric. You will have trouble in this life, exclamation point. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. It doesn't discount the fact that we're going to have problems. What it does is it gives us the assurance that God will never leave us in those problems. So, point being, when's the last time the Holy Spirit really convicted you about an area of your life? Good question, isn't it? And I didn't say your spouse. <laughs> I said the Holy Spirit. See, because we have to stay moldable. We have to stay pliable. 
We have to stay in that area where we are at any moment willing to listen to God's voice in our life. And the way that he chose to speak to us is via his Holy Spirit enlightening the word of God to our life. And so if there's an area of my life that is not jiving with the word of God, then I have to do some personal inventory right there. It's a good thing to be convicted. It's not, it's not desolate land. It's not desert land, although sometimes it, it can be a journey. It's a good... I mean, God loves us so much that he's willing to give us his spirit, and he knows the end product of a behavior pattern in my life that's going to lead to destruction. So he's smart enough to say, look, Jason, if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit in this area of your life, I can help you navigate life. And isn't the world looking for people who really fear God? And not fear God like fear... That, that, that word fear right there means complete reverence. I'm not scared of God. I tremble in his presence because he's so awesome. And, and so then that would lead me to say, you know what? I'm going to receive your rebuke in my life, God. And I'm going to receive the fact that you're, you're convicting me. And I'm going to try to do something about that. That's the next level for some of us on our journey. Oh, wow. So just coming to church isn't enough. I actually have to listen to God in my life. Yeah. Wow. And then when I listen, you mean I actually have to do something? Yeah. And then when I do something, you mean it's going to change my life? Yeah. And you're going to go closer to God. Built to last. Next thing. The Holy Spirit teaches truth. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. (laughs) So here's the idea. All scripture. All scripture. Because we're really good at claiming that part of the Bible that says God's going to bless us. Right? Dang. God bless me. Bless. But, but if we're not careful, we, we like dissect the Bible to fit. Remember last week we talked about building our life around our faith and not our faith around our life? And so if we're not careful, we can, we can take this book and dissect it to a place where the parts that actually work for my business, I'm going to receive those. In other words, I run a business, and it's probably okay for me not to disclose the entire truth. Even though I know that if I told this person, they probably wouldn't sign this contract. So I'm, I'm going to like not disclose the entire truth. Well, what am I doing? I'm lying. And the Bible says don't do that, right? And so am I a person of faith? Do I believe the Bible or do I, do I not? Yeah, so you're getting mad now. See, some of, you, some of you just zoned out right then. Like, oh, I'm checking out right here. This is not good. This is not good stuff. It's in the Bible. It's like we, we get really good at saying, you know, that part of the Bible is really irrelevant. How many of you have ever done like a read through the Bible in a year thing? Right? Leviticus. Dear God, <laughs> it's like, Lord, it's in there for a reason, and it's God breathed yeah, to make you focus. <laughs> That's why it's in there. Yeah, why is it so important to realize the Holy Spirit teaches truth? Listen to me. Don't ever listen to someone tell you what to believe if it's in contradiction to this word. Ever. He is not, God, God's not a man that he could lie. The Holy Spirit will never tell you 
to do something that goes against the word of God. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Well, yeah, but, but you know what? That guy's got a really blessed anointing on him, and I've seen people get healed and da-da-da. But you know what? He said he really doesn't, he, he said he really doesn't think it's wrong to, to live and have sex with someone you're not married to. I, I pissed a lot of people off in the first service on this one. Because this is what I get most of the time. But we sleep in separate rooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No, so, so how can we take some of the Bible and then we look at the rest of the Bible and say, you know what, that really isn't relevant for today. When, when Timothy says in the second book, chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is God-breathed. Why did God put some of these things in the Bible for us? Because he knew how stupid we would be. And he, he loves relationship with us. And so he did everything he could do by writing this love letter to us that sets us up for success. This book is a, a life map. And will we always get it right? No. The only person that got it all right was Jesus Christ. But man, what a gift it is. What a gift it is to be able to pour through the pages of this book and go... God, this is very relevant to my situation that I'm going through right now. It's very relevant for parenting. It's very relative for, to, to staying married. It's, a very, it, it's relative to, to running a God-honoring business. It's relative in every area of our life. And so the Holy Spirit is going to teach truth. The truth is the Word of God. So if I build my life around my faith, which is the Word. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will stand forever. Ever. Holy Spirit convicts us, and the way he does that is by speaking truth. Remember last week we talked about Thomas, doubting Thomas, poor guy? Never mind disciple Thomas. And the way Jesus dealt with him was in truth and in love. Truth was, Jesus said, I'm alive. Love said, come touch my hands if you want to. Truth and love. This is truth. The, the world is so hungry for real truth, right? Like, just tell me the rules. I meet so many people who are like, yeah, man, I, I'm confused about this God thing, which I love that question because that means that they're actually thinking about this God thing. And, and it's kind of like, you know, just the world's looking, just tell me the rules and I'll decide whether or not I can buy into this. Well, here are the rules. The rules are God loves you so much he sent his only son to die for you. When you put your faith in him as the Messiah and, and you believe in your heart, the Bible says you're made into a new creation and you start this amazing journey called Christianity. So no matter what you've heard and no matter how bad the church has messed up, that's the simplicity of the gospel right there. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get it all figured out. You just have to say, you know what? I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe that truth. All scripture is God-breathed. Why is it important for Coastline Community Church and for each one of us to hold fast to that? Well, Matthew says 24, 24 through 27, for false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect if that were possible. Jesus says, you believe because you've seen, I'm paraphrasing, you've seen these miracles, but blessed are those who believe who have not seen. In other words, let this freak you out a little bit. In the last days, Jesus is saying people are going to perform miracles, like full-on miracles. 
in, right in front of you, but they're going to back that up with theology that is not in line with the Word of God. That's why truth is so important. He said, see, I've told you ahead of time. If anyone tells you there, there he is out in the desert, do not go out, or here he is in the inner rooms. Don't believe it. So in other words, if you hear, you know what, Jesus has come, and he's at this revival. Or Jesus, is, this has got to be the Messiah because he's doing great miracles and signs. And some of you are sitting there right now going, well, that's stupid because we already know that Jesus has already been on earth and he died and he rose again. Yet Jesus is saying even the elect will be deceived. Even the elect. So if anyone tells you, so in other words, he, he's like, don't go out. Now this next scripture, verse 27, is amazingly powerful. So he's saying, look, these people profess to be Christ. Do not go and be a part of whatever they're doing because they're not Christ because Jesus is Christ and he's telling them this. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's a tenet of our faith. We believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Like, I've based my life on it. And, and so uh, the first rocket launch I got to see was at midnight. It was like 12.08. And we walked over to our beach access. It was almost 10 years ago. And we're, we're standing there, and there were like 100 people from our neighborhood right there. And, and I couldn't, you couldn't see anybody. There was no moon. And so, like, it, it was like dark. It's 12.08 after midnight. It's usually dark then. And all of a sudden, like, I was listening to the radio, 10, 9, 8, and I'm not kidding you, 55 miles, I live 55 miles south of the, the, um, the Cape, my whole beach lit up. Like, I'm looking around going, hey, Al, hey, how you doing? Like, talking to people now. You know what I'm talking about? Now, whether or not they actually go to space, that's to be determined by, no, I'm just kidding. Conspiracy. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Sure, we go somewhere. <laughs> but how 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 can we how can we look at that and say you know man made that and man sending that thing into orbit and it's going to come back? How can we just believe that? And yet we have a world full of us who struggle with faith in the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back for us one day. And he's saying, look. Just as. So if man can do something like that, why is it so hard for us to believe that the east is visible even from the west, so that will be the coming of the Son of Man? Lightning across the sky. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I I cannot. And I I talked last week about if we're not careful, we can get so in love with this, this life that we live that we almost subconsciously have the attitude that says, you know, God, could you just wait? Like, could you just tell the angel to wait to blow that trumpet? Because I, I'm just now hitting a good groove. And so, because if you could, yeah, right? And we made a joke last week, you know, and which I won't make it again, but it had to do with the kids leaving the house. Anyway. Like, my, my retirement is just maturing. God, could you just please give me, and if we're not careful, we, we can almost have that actual subconscious feeling. And that would 
directly relate to the fact that we just don't understand the magnificence of God and the ecstasy of eternity with God in a place that he prepared for us. I mean, I love my wife. I love my kids. Raina is like mama bear type person. She, 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 she's prayed forever. Oh, God, just let us please all be together. I don't care. I, I don't care if we're together or not. Like, I... It's truth. It's truth. Hey, here's an idea. Every once in a while, parents in this room, talk about the second coming of Jesus around your kids. Because kids grow up in church and they're like, okay, well, I heard about this thing called the rapture and I, I heard about this, this amazing thing of the truth of God, but I've never heard anybody talk about it unless I was at church. Well, first of all, the word rapture is nowhere to be found in the Bible. It's just, it defines what, like, rapture means to be caught away quickly. Right? The dead in Christ will rise first, and the rest of us shall show, show be caught up with him in the air to be with him forever and ever and ever. See, do you talk more about sports in your house than you do about Jesus? I did yesterday. Ain't <laughs> hey, no. No. But, but the idea is, is thinking about the Holy Spirit teaching in truth, convicting us, and the fact that, that that's, how, that's how we're going to navigate the last days. That's how we're going to be built to last, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. Number four, the Holy Spirit encourages me with his comforting presence. Psalms 139, 7 through 16. I don't know about you, but, but watching the news and thinking about what we're up against as a nation and as the church. There's, there's, there's a part of the craziness of the world that can breed fear and it can breed like, oh my goodness, like how are we ever going to navigate this? Well, Psalms right here, 139, 139, 70, 16, gives us this amazing idea. David's talking in a time of need. He's talking about God's spirit. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you create, now it gets personal. So in other words, I get this big bear hug from God right here saying, listen, no matter how dark things get, I want you to know that I'm, I, I, David, I, there's nowhere I can go away from your spirit as a child of God. Then it gets personal for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God's, God's saying in Psalms right here, look, this is a personal relationship, Jason, that I have with you. I created, he created me in my mother's womb. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Wow. Wait a minute, you knew, God knew all the mistakes I was going to make, yes. God, God understands me before I understand myself? Yes. The Bible says that he even knows when a hair falls from my head. And for some of us, that's more often than not these days. 
So, so like, wow, this is the God. And that's why verse 7 in Psalms 139 starts out by, where can I go away from your presence and your spirit, God? Like, I can't go anywhere. You're there. You're everywhere. And you, you love me so much. And so the Holy Spirit encourages me in the sense of I can, I can know that hands down, God will never leave me or forsake me. Now, go back to the idea of the forgotten God. How many days of our life do we live without taking advantage of this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit? I, I would agree. Way too many. Because, again, we're smart. And we're important. And we've seen this happen before, so there's really no need. I need to ask God what to do in this situation because I already know what's going to happen. And so I'm just going to go ahead and be me. And God desires to be a part of every part of your life. Are, are we being people that are going to navigate the last days built to last, but when we clock in, do we turn into somebody else? Do, are, are we being that person that says, you know what, God, I know I can't handle all the decisions I have to make today. Anybody ever feel that way? You get out of bed feeling that way some days? Is it just me? All right, there's two of us. Two of us. So we're good. Three, or two or three are gathered. I mean, some days before my feet hit the floor, I'm like, God, I don't know. I don't know what to do in reference to this person, this decision, this financial decision. Some of you in this room right now are trying to figure out where you're going to go to college. That's a hard decision. Here's an idea. Ask God. So, some of you in this room right now are, are, are trying to navigate life you know what? His spirit indwells us at the point of salvation. All we got to do is tap into that. We, we talked last week about practicing how to hear from God. Because one of the main questions that, that you hear asked from people who have just recently been saying, well, how do I hear from God? Well, and then the voice of God's spirit in your life. Practice hearing from God. I don't know about you, but I'd rather get it right 9 out of 10 than 0 out of 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I would just challenge you today, implore you, provoke you to this week have an acute awareness of the Holy Spirit's voice in your life and make decisions in reference to the voice of the Spirit in your life. I don't care how long you've been... I know there's a huge temptation to follow God and serve God for so many years that you don't think that you have to listen to the voice of the Spirit in your life anymore. That's a dangerous place. We all need the voice of God in our life. And when we heed that voice, things turn out much better. So, number five, if you're serving communion, would you go quickly? Go right now. Yep. Thank you. The Holy Spirit gives me an eternal destiny. Ephesians 1.13 says this, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, back to the idea of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. It's talking about salvation. It's talking about truth. 
It's talking about that moment where I put my faith in Jesus as the Messiah and I'm justified. I'm made righteous in the eyes of God because I put my faith in Jesus and I really buy in. And I say, you know what? I believe that he is the Messiah. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sent on the cross. I believe they placed him in a grave and I believe he rose from that grave on the third day and I believe he's coming back for me one day. When you take your faith and you place it in believing that, the Bible says you're made into a new creation. Forgive the church for making salvation such a a mythical thing. It's you putting your faith in Jesus, and that starts the journey. Thus begins the journey, the the journey of Christianity. Amen. It is such the journey. The Holy Spirit gives me an eternal destiny. Seals. I love that. We recently moved, and we had uh, Rubbermaids everywhere. You know, Rubbermaid? I tried to find one big enough to get in because I was going to get in one and have someone seal me. Um, then I, I was going to have Raina do it. And then I thought, what if she doesn't let me out? And then I thought, God, will your presence, spirit, really be in that Tupperware? So I said, ah, I'm just not going to do that. Um, but, but the idea of sealing, we're sealed up in Jesus. Marked. What is the marking upon our life? What seals us? It's the gift of the Holy Spirit from God in our lives. That's the indicator. That's when you know that you know that you know something has changed. That's when you start seeing life in a totally different manner because the Spirit of God has indwelt you and you make decisions different, you speak differently, you start living uh, a reference of of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and all these things start coming to fruition in your life, or at least you're challenged to live that way. And that's what marks us. That's what marks us. So a backside to that, a question to that is, are you any different than the world? Because if the Holy Spirit has indwelt you, you've been marked and you've been sealed up in Jesus. We know that. But am I living any different? When you heard the word of truth. Now, I'm sealed up. So the Holy Spirit's indwelt me. And that the best way I could think of how to wrap this message up is to, to look at the love of God. He loved us so much that he said, you know what, I'm going to give you my spirit. And Romans talks about this. Romans 8, 14 and 16. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Daddy. By him we cry. In other words, the spirit of sonship. I've been adopted. I have been grafted in. And why would I not take advantage of that? It it would break my heart if my own two children, if I could do something for them, yet they didn't ask me. If I had the means to do something for them, to help them in a certain situation they were in, but they refused to ask me because they somehow felt disconnected. God's saying, listen, we, we have a spirit of sonship. Therefore, we can cry, hey, daddy, I need you. This area of my life really needs fixing. And I know that you're an awesome God. And all the way back to salvation. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Sealed, marked, a living blessing called the Holy Spirit that indwells us. Maybe you're here today and you've been struggling about how to navigate life. And you're looking around at other people Man, they got it all together. No, they don't, first of all. But, like, 
but maybe what they do have together is that they're listening to the voice of God in their life. Well, the Bible's very plain. Until you put your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is leading you, He's calling you, He's wooing you, but doesn't indwell you. But when you put your faith in Jesus, you have that gift of the Holy Spirit. So the question, that's salvation. That's being sealed. That's being marked. We're going to have communion. We have an open communion here. We do go by biblical standards, and that is you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And for those of us who do, we, we take some time as you're being served to do some personal inventory of maybe some sin in our life or things that we need to talk with God about. That's why we ask that you not talk with one another as you're being served. But maybe you're here today, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. What a great day. Maybe you're like some of those people in the, the first service who said, you know what? I do believe that. I'm going to put my faith in that. I'm going to start my journey today. November 1st. Wow. I'm going to start my journey today. Greatest decision you could ever make. Will you bow your heads all this place? If that's you and you say, Jason, I, I need to step out in faith. I need to make that decision. I want to be a person of faith. And I, I know in my heart right now that I'm ready to make that decision. I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. I'm ready for the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God to flood my soul. And I'm ready to start my journey. If that's you, all over this place today, say, Jason, that's me. Slip your hand up long enough for me to see it. Put it back down. I see your hand. I see your hand. That's awesome. Just put it right back down. I want to pray with you. It's unbelievable. Anyone else before we pray? If you raise your hand, please go out to the tent and get a booklet that we've created for you. If you're not comfortable doing that, email the church. A pastor will get back with you. We want to get you started on the right foot. But if you raise your hand, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you that I'm in this chair today. Thank you that I know that I know that you're knocking on the door of my heart. And right now, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross. I believe they placed him in a grave and he rose from that grave on the third day. I believe that. It's becoming a, a reality to me that that is the way to spend eternity with you in heaven, God. So thank you that your love and your grace and your mercy are flooding my soul right now and making me to a new creation. Give me boldness, Lord, to get people around me to help me in this new journey. In Jesus' name.